Welcome to the Bible Boys. We are here for another week of Bible goodness, and with me uh, we have the uh, ever-present, all-knowing. <laughs> Who am I? On my, uh, we have God with us. Ah, uh, that's true. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Don't presume that I'm talking about you, James. Oh, <laughs> uh, I done. I done bad. That's the ultimate stitch up. That's it. Right there. Well, hello, James. How are you going? I'm good. Are, are you actually talking to me now? No, I'm talking to you. That's right. I was. I did have you in mind at the start. But Very good. It was more appropriate to apply those. That's right. To that's God. right. The the bait and switch, yes. as they call the it. The switcheroo. The switcheroo. Yes. The the what lies behind most quality comedic timing. Yes, that's right. The bait and switch. Yes. Yes. Um. Let's get straight into it. James. Let's do it. What have you been reading in the Bible this week? Because we are the Bible Boys. We are the Bible Boys. After all. And we want to start with the Bible. Yes. So I've been reading... I finished 1 John this week. Cool. And one of the things that really struck me in 1 John chapter 5 is um, a particular verse. Um, I'm going to read verses 1 to 3. Okay? So this is 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 to 3. Or 1 John, if you're one of our American... Canadian listeners. Yes. They don't say one John. Do you remember a few years ago there were a lot of articles going around about how Donald Trump said two Corinthians? Yes, and, and that was a big scandal. That's right. But actually, everyone in Australia yeah, was like, he gets it. We say two. <laughs> <laughs> there may be some other issues yeah, going on yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. But naming the book, one John, here mm. we go. So, from verse one, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. So, in terms of this passage here, you've got verse one, right? Jesus is the Christ. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, you're born of God. Everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. If you love God, you love Jesus, mm. right? Love God the Father, you love God the Son. Verse 3, though, is fascinating. This is love for God to keep his commands. Yes. Fascinating. Because if you ask me to draw it on a piece of paper, you're like, James, I want you to draw me a diagram. Mm. Like, All right, cool. Get my pen out. Get a piece of paper out. Yep. You go, draw, the, draw a diagram showing me the relationship between love for God and obeying his commands. I'd say, well, love for God leads to obeying his commands. Yes. Right? But this goes even stronger. Mm, so you've got to do the commands to to be saved. Is that what you're saying? Uh, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is verse 3, it says, this is love for God yeah. to keep his commands. Yes. So don't put words in my mouth, Mr. Woodbridge. Yes, no, no, no. no. I'm just, or John's uh, mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think about that? I, I think there's something... There and I'm just thinking, um, with uh, John, um, in the Gospel of John, yes, I'm trying to find this this uh, verse where it says, um, maybe you might know the reference better than I do, but it's like where, uh, like what uh, what are the works, um, you know, to do the work of God? What is the work of God? Mm-hmm. To believe in the one whom He has sent. John chapter six. Uh, thank you. John chapter 6, the bread of life. Yes. Where Jesus says in verse 29, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Yeah, that's right. That's so what right. are you thinking about with that verse? So, so I'm thinking, so 
you might read, going back to 1 John, mm-hmm. you might read that verse and say, okay, so I'm thinking Ten Commandments. Yes. I'm thinking Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, um, you know, give, give to the poor. Uh, I'm thinking stop, stop sinning, be, mm-hmm. be pure and holy, you know, all those sorts of things. That are his commands. I need to do them. Uh, I need to have done them. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to be perfect at them mm-hmm. in order to call myself saved. Right or like right. or to say or to call myself sure uh, loved by God or loved like someone who loves God, um, uh, but what? So I guess the question that naturally comes to mind after reading that passage that you shared is, what does it mean to follow the commands of God? Yeah. So I mean, would would you add anything to what Jesus says in? That's a funny saying. Would you add anything <laughs> to what Jesus? No. Says? But but if you're explain <laughs> if you're explaining this to someone, yes. An easy answer is, yeah, his command is to believe in Jesus and so faith alone. But I guess there's, there's that tension of, okay, what does that, what does that mean? Because it's an easy answer to go, the, the God's command that you mm-hmm. need to follow to be saved is to trust in Jesus. Mm. Uh, would you elaborate on that anymore? Or would you say that that's a fair answer to give to someone? Yeah, it's a good question. So is the call of faith... Um, a work in the sense of like, you know, something that counts towards your righteousness. I think from other parts of the Bible, the answer must be no. So when Jesus says this is the work of God, he's actually saying that if you want to serve God, if you actually want to, you know, follow along with what it is that God wants you to do, in the first instance, it's actually to believe in the one he has sent. Mm. That's John 6, right? Sorry, I just off the top of my head. I forgot what he said. The work of God is to believe in the one he has sent. Yeah, that's right. So I don't think... I mean, there's, there's a way you could define work to make it seem like it's, you know, commands that you obey. So therefore, we're, we're not saved by any works except the one work. Mm. It's not... See, this is, this is the problem yeah. with all these people in the past. They were saying saved by works. Really, it's just saved by work. Yeah, the problem yeah. was the S. No, I don't think that's what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. I think that believing... Um, and actually putting your trust in Jesus. This is, this is what God is calling us to do. Yeah. But it's not, I, don't, I think it's distinct from this, these commands that's in view here. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing okay. I'd want to say. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, I, yeah, I, I, think that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. I, I, guess what, I guess what I'm trying to uh, like get at is the faith, faith versus faith and works kind of mm-hmm. uh, tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been like, you know, at, ver- at various points I've thought, well, faith and works you are almost interchangeable in terms of like, you know, unless you're, unless you're the thief that dies on the cross next to Jesus mm-hmm. and you don't have a chance to live out your faith, mm-hmm. anyone who has faith for any length of time has an opportunity to live out their faith. Mm. And if they don't live out their faith, then they probably don't have faith mm. because they're not doing the you know, they're not living or doing the works yeah. use that language they're not living in such a way that accords with their faith yeah and so you really can't separate those two except in the case of someone who that literally just doesn't have a chance to live out their faith like the crew yeah. on the cross now can i ask why do you think that this verse here this is love for god to keep his commands why do you think this sets up a tension between being saved by faith or being saved by works so why is it that you hear this yeah and that's jump a good question i i yeah that's a good question um I guess, I mean, he's saying, this is the one who loves God. And I'm, 
when I read that, I guess he's writing to an audience that's like, do I love God? I want to know if I love God. Who mm. who is in? Je- am I in Jesus? Am I in God? And I think you see that through one mm. John. Yes, yes. This is how you know. Like he's addressing people that really want to know mm. if they're in Jesus. Yes. And it's like, um, this is how you know. This is this is how you know if you love God or not. Mm. Do you keep His commands, kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. And I guess the reason they want to know, am I in Jesus, is because mm. they're desperate to be saved. Yeah. I assume. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting. Kind of the, the mental logic of that. So here's where I think, because a few weeks ago we were doing a youth leaders sort of weekend, um, and I was actually working in John thirteen to seventeen, trying to get this relationship between knowing, loving, um, and actually eternal life. Mm. Here's, here's a thesis. All right, you ready? Mm. Um, you don't have to. I'll I'll put it as pointy as I can. You don't have to love Jesus. To believe in Jesus. You don't have to love Jesus to believe in Jesus. Yes. Believe in what sense? As in like believe that he existed? That he existed, that he is the one sent from God. Yes. That he's the one who, you know, died on the cross, raised up for us. Right. You know? So I guess what I'm trying to say there is that, that, ah, that okay. we are called to love Jesus. Yes. But... Like, be, being saved yeah. in and of itself is actually, it is faith alone. Yes. Not faith and love. Uh, it's faith alone. Okay. Yes. So, what I think, so here's, here's how I might put it in order, right? Yes. Um, it starts with the fact that we are known and loved by God. Yeah. So, we don't start with us, actually. We sure, actually start sure, with yeah. that God knows and loves us. Sure, yeah. All right? Um... And then those whom he knows and loves, in other words, those whom he chooses, believe in Jesus. And belief in Jesus is what brings us into relationship yep. with God. Yeah. Right? And then from that, we know and love more and more. Okay. So in a sense, belief yep. is, the, is the thing that brings us in. Yes. It leads to more knowledge and more love of God. Yeah. And that love is manifest and seen in obedience. Yes. So, if we put it all together, yep. God loves and knows us, we believe, and then we are, uh, we know and love God more and more. Yeah. Seen in obedience. Yeah, okay. So, there, okay, so there's an order there. There's an order. Now, but like, if, and I'm, I'm thinking now, I guess I'm thinking of like, um, James, the yes. book of James as well, yes. who says, you know, you see that we're not justified by faith alone by, by works. I assume it's like two different angles and he's probably, he's talking to people who, um, you know, have had a reasonable amount of time to express their faith in their works. And he's saying, you know, uh, you are saved if, and instead of starting with the, the origin of uh, your kind of, Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yes, start with uh, God loves us and predestines us and adopts us. Mm-hmm. But in terms of your experience of, of, like, of that in your life, it starts with faith. Um, but if you're looking at per- a person as a package, right, and you're saying, you're looking back yeah, through yeah, yeah. time, you're saying, you are saved if you've kept the command of God. Ah, because no, I don't think so. You don't? Can I stop you there? Yeah, okay. I actually learned this from your trainer. 
Okay. Samuel J. Russell. Okay, so, yes. So you're talking about James chapter 2 and yes, what he's yes, saying yes. where in, in the NIV, James chapter 2 verse 24, he says, you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what? Do you remember this? Shout out to Sam. We did read this together in MGS and yeah. I now remember what he said. What did it. he say? So he said, the emph- you really got to realize he's saying, you see yes. that, you know, yeah. uh, someone is justified that's right so it's about the evidence so there is like faith does not fit in that category of something that you can like see yeah, that's right and so the works are a part of it so this is where the yeah. you you can actually understand how paul what paul says and what james says actually fit together yeah paul says you are justified by faith alone yeah james says you see that someone is the way you see that someone is justified yeah. is not by faith alone yes it's by works right because you can't see their faith unless right. it manifests itself in works. Yep. So actually, they're not contradicting at all. So the way Sam puts it is, if you got rid of the word that, yeah. then there would be a contradiction. Yeah. If, if the verse said, you see, a person is considered righteous by what they do ah, and not by faith alone, right. then you'd be like, oh, major clash between yeah. Paul and James. Yeah. But he's not saying that. He's saying, you see that a person yeah. is considered righteous or justified. Yeah, that's a very important that. That's right. And apparently, so I don't... I haven't studied the original languages, but it's there in English, but apparently it's much more obvious in the original language that the that actually changes the meaning of the sentence. It's written in big letters. <laughs> <laughs> James is like, need to underline, yeah, need to put right. stars Circle, around highlight, it. That's right. Highlight. Yeah, that's okay. Right. So I guess in terms of that then, <laughs> that, yeah, um, yeah it, it is faith, like actually believing and trusting in Jesus, yeah. which saves you. Yeah. And it is manifest in works, to use the language of James and Paul here. But then using John, those works are there because you know and you love God. Nice. Now, for listeners, I haven't shown all the working when it comes to where that whole, you are known and loved by God first, then there's belief, which brings you to eternal life, which is knowing God, which leads to even more love and obedience. I haven't done the working there. Um, But I think that it, it... in terms of a challenge to us, mm. and so I know, I know I'm sort of not giving you another chance right now to share. And I will ask if you have more thoughts on this in just sure, a moment. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in terms of us, you know, on a very practical level, yes. I think it is worth asking, you know, why is it that Jesus can say that the whole law is summarized in terms of love, right? Like, where, what are the greatest commands? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. To love your neighbor as yourself. It's interesting that Jesus says all those commands of the Old Testament are summarized in terms of love. Love for God, love for others. And John says, love for God is keeping his commands. Do we, in an effort to, I think rightly say, you are saved by faith. Do we say, to love God, you don't, it, it, it's distinct from actually listening to him. Like, could you say that for, um, um, you know, a relationship with another person? You go, yeah, I love you. But that's totally different from me actually wanting to listen to what you say. Mm. It's like, well, it's not the totality of it, but it's a pretty important part. Mm, yeah, for sure. Especially if it's the one true living God of the whole universe. So I think I'm challenged by this to go, if I say I want to grow in my love for God, is that, do I, in my mind, do I distinguish that from seeking to grow in obedience to God mm. as well? Yeah. Those are th- some thoughts there. What about you? What are you thinking about that? Or would you oh, well, I, d- like, I was going to say, like, I think one, um, I guess, pastoral issue that comes up a lot yes. is people who are wondering about the relationship between 
themselves and God mm. and the relationship between faith and works. Mm. And I guess love, oh, I guess, sorry. you know, love fits in as well in that, you know, faith, you know, is my faith real? Do I love God? Mm. You know, do I really love God? Yes. Like I say that I do. I come to church. I come to Bible study. I love, I love the pe. I love at least some of the people mm. that I come to church to see, mm. or at least I like them. Yes. We get along. They're fun. <laughs> I, you know, this is kind of what I want to do on a Sunday night. Yeah. Um, but how do I know if I love God, particularly if I'm struggling with sin, mm. that I know, like, I'm not really doing a very good job at struggling against it. Mm. Like, sure, I'm trying, like, a little bit, but, you know, yeah, it's not uh, the focus. It's not my focus, and it's not, you know, something, you know, you get that yes. question quite a bit. So, yeah. Well, I think on that, can I... Sorry, yeah. I was no, 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 yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. I was going to say, just on that, I think that's part of the danger of saying that faith um, and love is what saves you. Because then we start saying, well, if I don't love God enough, clearly I can't be a Christian. Mm. But actually, the emphasis time and time again in Scripture is on believing and actually accepting that God is the one who first loved us. So when you're struggling with your sin, when you're worrying about how much you actually love God, there's a sense in which posturally you can say to someone, well, actually, you're focusing on the wrong thing in one sense. Mm. Do you see how much God loves you? Mm. And do you actually believe in him? Because if the answer is yes, then you are a Christian, right? Now, granted, if we understand that that leads, leads to knowledge and love and obedience then you can say, well, you know, if there's no evidence of that, no growth in that, then yes, the, the belief may not be real. Mm. But the paralysis that can come from someone always going, do I love God? Do I love God? Do I love God? Mm. You get the, you get, you're getting it backwards. That actually the most important thing is that you receive the love that God has for you in Jesus. Mm. And that is what makes you a Christian. Yeah. Anyway, those are just some nice. thoughts there. Thanks for sharing. That's, that's cool, man. Thank you. Thank you. What about you, Mr. Witheridge? Theological student Witheridge. Yes. We'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> freshly, freshly um, uh, minted. Yes. Um, um, so, last week I shared from John. I've got a bit more to share from John. Please. Um, John chapter 3, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was... Uh, there's just something... You know, when you read the Bible... Um, sometimes you read something that you've read a million times before yes. or you've heard heaps of times in sermons or whatever mm-hmm. and you come across this bit that's like man I probably should have noticed that <laughs> uh, but I didn't and it's um, um, John chapter 3 verse 22 mm-hmm. which says after this Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptised Yes. now John also was baptising and so on but it just struck, it's striking that Jesus baptizes people mm. in John. And remember how John says, you know, when he's talking to the crowd, he's like, I baptize you with water, but one is coming after me who will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Mm-hmm. I haven't written that reference down, so I, I think that's... It's Matthew 3. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then Jesus comes along and he baptizes with water. Yes. So I just thought that was a yeah. It was something that uh, uh, kind of stood out as like, oh, Jesus actually spent a bit of time baptizing people. Can I point out though? Yes. It's interesting. If you go to chapter four. Yes. Chapter four, verses one to two. 
Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Ah. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. Oh, that's good. So that makes me... So first of all, it might be that Jesus' disciples were doing the baptizing. But yes. Because he's the teacher, yes. it's associated with him. But then that makes me go, why didn't John clarify that earlier in chapter 3? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Fascinating. But yeah, and I, why is Jesus' uh, disciples baptizing at all? Yeah. What, what, like... Because if they're his disciples, then Jesus has probably told them, yes. hey, this is what you should do, baptize. Yeah, right. So that's why it's attributed to him as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Anyway, I just like, it's just a part of Jesus' ministry that yeah, I've never yeah. really thought about. And it's, you know, yeah. anyway. So Fascinating. I, the, the point that I don't have any answers as to uh, <laughs> what that's all about. Well, what, what do you think then? I just, I mean, you know, we might want to move on, but yeah. why do you think that John doesn't clarify this earlier? Um, I... Look, I don't know. Um, I probably it's because he's it's not his point there. He just kind mm. of wants to move on. Sure. Um, okay. Maybe he was writing, got to chapter four, and was like, "I should clarify that." <laughs> <laughs> Let the reader understand. Yeah, that's right. He didn't want to like start like cross cross out anything. So yeah, was, sure, sure, no, sure. I don't know. No, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just being silly. I don't know. Yeah, um, no, it's it's a it's a good question, listeners. If you have thoughts on that why it is that John doesn't clarify earlier mm. that uh, Jesus himself was not baptizing, but it was his disciples. You can email us at thebibleboys with a Z mm. at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Instagram at Bible underscore boys with a Z. Yes. Anyway, uh, do you have more you'd like to share, Pip, in terms of Bible? Well, actually... Oh, you have a thought? <laughs> you have a thought? Hold on. Just, so, in verse 26... Yes. Right. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who is with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, look, he is baptizing. And everyone is going to him. So it's maybe setting up a conflict. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. So maybe he's creating a bit of tension and then resolves it in chapter 4. Yeah. That's anyway, it. anyway, interesting. Um, let's go to Acts sure. chapter 1, because this is something else. Now, part of all this is just probably over the, last, like, over the last few months, I've been trying to do this thing where I read... I've been reading quite slowly, mm-hmm. which is di- like, which is, I'm not, you know, I've never really done it. Uh, I'm not good at reading slowly. Sure. Like I'm not good at picking up Do you want to go through really quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. Which is good, like to get an overview, but mm-hmm. to, to get, to find some details, it's, it's difficult when you're doing that. Yeah. Um, and so sharing some just like, and, and reading with an open mind and like being super, trying to be super curious mm-hmm. every time I read to be like, okay, let let me find some things that I don't understand. Okay. So I can like, you know, ask mm-hmm. questions of the text. Mm-hmm. Um, verse 4, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Um, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Uh, for John baptized with water, but in a few days will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, I guess my question here is, uh, why don't the disciples have the Holy Spirit yet? What does it mean that they uh, they pro- they believe in Jesus at this point? They've seen him risen and they want to follow him. Um, they're obeying his command mm-hmm. to kind of st- stick around, um, but they don't don't have the Holy Spirit. Mm. And so I'm just trying to like you know yeah. my kind of theology around the Holy Spirit and the necessity of the Holy Spirit to. Uh, be saved mm-hmm. like when you know yeah. do you need the Holy Spirit when you die in order to go to heaven mm. if the, if one of the disciples just happened to die mm-hmm. 
before the Holy Spirit came, what would have happened? Yeah. Um, and then I also think about the guy who, the thief on the cross, did he have the Holy Spirit? Mm. When he, you know, yeah. put his trust in Jesus. But it probably comes down to what you mean by have the Holy Spirit, right? Because yeah. here, like, Jesus says he's about to baptize his disciples with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But we know that the judges, so I'm reading judges right now in the Old yes. Testament, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. We know that um, a bunch of the craftsmen in Exodus were filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, a few of the elders were filled with the Holy Spirit. So what's significant about Acts mm. um, as compared to all the other things? That's part of the question about, like, because here is the first time the Holy Spirit, baptism and the Holy Spirit is sort of poured out, you know? Yeah. Presumably. So I guess I'm just adding more questions to it. Yeah, like, yeah. What does I it mean, mean to have the Spirit? Okay, one hypothesis yeah, go. that is probably heresy. Probably. So, so get ready for some right, heresy I'm, goals. Okay. Probably heresy. Okay. Uh, here's, a, here's some statements okay. that are probably heresy. Listener, beware. Beware, this is probably... Trigger warning. Probably heresy. All right? Okay, go. Um, you don't need the Holy Spirit to be saved. Uh-huh. You can die without the Holy Spirit and go to heaven. Uh-huh. The Holy Spirit um, guarantees that you'll persevere as a Christian and go to heaven when you die because you've persevered as a Christian. Hmm. Okay. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. What do you think? Um, <laughs> this is not a good way to do well, theology, uh, just to chuck out random. Yeah, I mean, you know, we want to look at passages yes. and stuff. But I think when yeah. I think about Hebrews eleven, like Hebrews eleven, the the point is that the way that people have always been saved is the same, which is by faith. Yes. Now the difference is that in the Old Testament they had faith in the promises of God, mm. and in the New Testament we actually have faith in the in the, in the fulfillment of those promises of God. But it's still by faith. Mm. So I guess the question is, how do you have faith? Right? And if it's always been the same, part of what happens is that we are born again by the Spirit. But presumably, disciples, like these disciples, for example, who have been born again, who are, his, who are cleaned, chosen, saved, they still haven't been baptized by the Holy Spirit. Mm. So I take it that there's a distinction between actually being saved by the work of the Spirit and being baptized by the Spirit. Okay. Right? Yes. At least in salvation history, that there was a distinction there. Right. Right? Right. So like, you know, in John chapter 3, Jesus says, unless you are born again by the water and the Spirit, yeah. you, know, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Yes. So, presumably, his disciples were actually born again by water and the Spirit, but they hadn't received the Spirit yet through... Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Does that sort of make sense, though, that there's a difference between being saved and then being filled with the Spirit through um, baptism? I don't know, kind of. I, is, but are you saying that, like, the Spirit is at work in everyone who gets saved? I think so. Yes. If, if and like, so listeners don't understand the reasoning, right? Yeah. Because the point of Hebrews 11, part of it is that the way that people have been saved has always been the same, yeah. actually. It's by faith, yeah. right? But we understand that the only way people can have faith now is actually by a work of the Spirit in people's hearts, right? Um, give me some, te- give me, try, give me some um, biblical 
Sure. Evidence for that. All right, I'm sure. Just trying, I'm just Let me give you, I'll give you two passages. So in now, the, you're asking the good yeah, question, because yeah. we are the Bible boys. We are the Bible boys. We are the Bible boys. Yeah. So, so, like... John chapter 3. Yeah, I mean, like, I think just... I think you're right, but yeah. I think, like, I... I no verses that come to my head that yep. say you need the Holy Spirit to be saved. So Yep. Okay, so John chapter 3, yep. verse 5. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. Okay. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Okay, right. So he says here to to enter the kingdom of God, yes. to actually become one of God's people, you need yeah. to be born again by water and the Spirit. Okay. okay. So there's one passage. Yeah, nice. Can I go to another one? Sure. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Okay. It's all in the chapter 3s. Yes. 2 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. <laughs> uh, 2 Corinthians. Um, chapter 3. Chapter 3. Um, where are we? Is it chapter 3? There's a bit of spirit in 17. Yes. Uh, this is riveting. 6. The spirit gives life. Okay, so in verses 7 to... Actually, okay, maybe this isn't the best passage to look at here Okay, for this topic. But uh, it is interesting that in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we do see this idea that the Spirit mm. actually gives life. So verse 6, um, the Spirit gives life. Um, Yes. Okay. So yeah, maybe this chapter isn't the best chapter okay. to, to make this point. At least in the moment, I think I'm blanking a bit. But Li- a bit. Ma- so you ma- go. Maybe listeners, if you're listening along, just try to have a think. You know, to yourself right now. If you had to kind of talk about the Holy Spirit to someone to, uh, and kind of say you need the Holy Spirit to be saved, do any verses come to mind that might uh, show you that? If any do come to mind, let us know. Email us at the the Bible Boys with a Z at gmail.com. But I think, just to summarize, I think where, where we're at is the spirit is involved whenever, whenever someone goes from death to life mm. and God saves them. Yeah. Um, there is, however, potentially a difference between the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Covenant, under the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and the New Covenant, which seems to use the language of the spirit... Uh, People being baptized by the Spirit, um, and the Spirit being like a seal uh, of the inheritance, a gift from, that comes from Jesus post His ascension into heaven, part of that part of the salvation history. Um, yeah, is that an accurate kind of summary? I think so. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I I mean, just to to be clear, I don't. I think that that distinction between being saved by the work of the Spirit and then being baptized by the Spirit, it's like. Now, it's, it happens at the same time. The reason why there was that distinction was because in Acts, the pouring out of the Spirit in terms of being empowered, you know, fulfilling the prophecy of Joel 2 and being sent out as God's witnesses, mm. Jesus' witnesses to the ends of the earth, that's actually the power that is coming upon them. Yep. As Jesus prophesied it and said would happen in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Yep. Um, I think it's chapter 1, verse 8. So the so point being that, yeah, I, I, I think that the way it is is um, 
you, the way you're saved has always been by the work of the Spirit. And that was true in the Old Covenant. The difference is that in the Old Covenant, you didn't have, like, not everyone was empowered by the Spirit mm. to be one of God's messengers, to be one, uh, you know, someone who's involved in the ministry. Yes. Um, but now every Christian is actually baptized by the Spirit. Like, that's part of the amazing thing that happens in Acts chapter 2. Because in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit comes upon all these disciples, part of what um, uh, Peter quotes is from Joel chapter 2. He says it in verses 17 to 18. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Nice. So, do you, Okay, do you think there's significance in where he says, I will pour out my spirit on all these type, like in all these types of people, mm-hmm. your sons and daughters, young men, mm-hmm. old men, mm-hmm. uh, servants, men, women... You know, mm-hmm. is that the like compared to because you mentioned the judges? Yes, there were particular there were particular people. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. I think there is a difference there. Yes. So what was given for particular people yeah. is actually all of God's people are now empowered to be His witnesses to the ends of the earth. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah. So that's one of the differences between before Jesus' ascension and the pouring out of the Spirit. Cool. And here, post Pentecost. Cool. So that so th- this Holy Spirit question. Uh, there's one question. I want two two more questions. If if you may uh, humor me, okay. Certainly. Um, but we'll do these uh, quickly, right? Sure. So uh, in Acts chapter one. Yes. So we just read verse uh, four, but two verses later, okay, verse six. Um, then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Mm-hmm. Now. What does that mean? <laughs> and also, like, Jesus has been with them a long time. Yeah. And it seems like they still think there is this earthly kingdom revolution that's going to happen to Israel's benefit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yep. I have a slight advantage on this point. Advantage in the sense that I remember I, I preached on this two years ago okay. for our the week after Easter Sunday. Yeah. So it was, it was like a series leading up to it. So you had, you know, Jesus' suffering, Jesus' death on Good Friday, Jesus' resurrection on Easter Sunday. Yeah. And then the week after was, I was preaching on this passage. Okay. So, um, notice how Jesus doesn't actually rebuke them about the question of whether Jesus will restore the kingdom to Israel. Mm. In verse 7, the only thing he sort of calls them out on is the timing. Right. He says, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Yes. So a traditional reading of this yep. that a lot of people um, may go through, and when I was looking at all these commentaries, there are actually a lot of commentaries who said this, which is Jesus shows that they are still you know, thinking in nationalistic terms and you know, too focused on this. So he rebukes them when it comes to this question. Well, actually, if you read the text, he only rebukes them when it comes to the timing Mm. not the, the substance of it, which right. is restoring the kingdom to Israel itself. Yep. Now, I have forgotten which Isaiah passage exactly shows this, uh, like sort of what exactly what's going on here, but I think it's Isaiah 49. Mm-hmm. I think it's Isaiah 49. Yes, it's Isaiah 49. Right. Very good. That memory bank. Oh, it was a bit of a fluke because I'd forgotten which chapter it okay. was. But this is one of those amazing things. So you got Isaiah 50, 49 where... Um, 
we see uh, this prophecy from God about the servant of the Lord, right? Mm. And so you've got verse um, 6. He says, it is about the servant of the Lord, verse 6. It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Israel and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Oh, wow. So verse 6, this, it, he is going to restore Israel. Yeah. He is going to bring back Israel. But wrapped up in that hope is going to the ends of the earth. The ends of the earth. Wow, just like it says in Acts 1. That's right. So it could be, and this is how I, this is the interpretation I took, that actually they're saying, when are you actually going to fulfill these verses here about the restoration of Israel for all nations? Mm. And he goes, it's not for you to know the timing of it. Yes. But I'm actually going to make you the witnesses that go out to the end. Yeah, the light. That's it. Ah, oh, wow. That's awesome. That's a great answer. Thank you. That's okay. That's I, awesome. just, I remember seeing, being like, oh, yeah, that's that, amazing. That is, that is amazing. Yeah, so that's restoring those... Israel, as it far from going, oh yeah, God doesn't care about Israel anymore. It's actually that the restoration of Israel is the key to God's um, salvation coming to the whole world. Yeah. And that's why time and time again, the, the, the New Testament... We, we can't, it never goes, you know, don't worry about the Old Testament or don't think about Israel. No, actually, our hopes as Gentiles, salvation to the whole earth is wrapped up in the restoration of Israel. Yeah, wow. There you go. Yeah. That's huge. Oh, I love that. I love that answer. Anyway. It's good, isn't I'm it? I remember that. Isaiah 49. Um, That's great. One last little question from Acts, okay? Just a little tidbit. Verse we are the Bible boys. We, the Bible we love boys. the Bible. We've got to stay in there for a little while, all right? Of course. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 15. Yes. says, In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, the scriptures had to be fulfilled. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> yada, yada, the Bible? <laughs> the gospel. I just yada, yada, the gospel. Oh, man. <laughs> Heresy. Heresy. Continue. So, okay, the question is, he says... So the believers in those days yes. numbered about 120. Yes. And when I read that, I thought of 1 Corinthians 15. Yes. Uh, so let's look there a little quickly. And that's where uh, Paul is describing the order of events of Jesus. He says um, he was buried, he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, verse 5, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. I don't know if it's... Is it Kephas or Cephas? I'm not sure. Cephas, Kephas. Uh, verse 6. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Mm -hmm. So my kind of question was, okay, Jesus appeared to five, at least 500 people. Yeah. It says there's 120 believers here. Um, what's the deal with that? Originally, I was thinking, okay, option one could be maybe 370 of them had back row seats. Weren't convinced. <laughs> Couldn't really make it out. Yeah. It was only the people in the front row that got to see Jesus properly that believed. Yes. Um, another option is that 370 died, but actually Paul says most of whom are still living, so the math there doesn't check out. Yeah. Um, and then maybe another option is the, there's just 120 um, hanging out with Peter. Yep. And the rest are... Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's right. The third one? I, I think that's probably the most natural reading of it. Yeah. Like, to say that he appeared to over 500 of them, 
Yeah. It doesn't mean that those 500 just hung out all the time. Yeah. You know, it's hard enough getting 160 youth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> youth, sorry, 130 youth. Yeah. Here at youth group. Yeah. Like, let alone 500 people to hang out. They yeah. didn't have a big auditorium in Collingford with air conditioning, you know? Yeah. So, I think... Can you imagine that youth group the week after the... Um, <laughs> 50 days after the ascension it's like you know yeah. you'd think it'd be pretty easy to get that yes <laughs> yes know? that's right that's right you wouldn't need games yeah you just start with he resurrected like how 50 days ago how cool that's right yeah so there's a few observations thank you James for no, that's right. humoring me and no for, thank and you for, for listening to my stuff as well yeah no it's great so we've spent so much time in the bible and that's great because we are the bible boys yes I think it's time for us to take an ad yes from one of our sponsors what, what, who is our sponsor this week James our sponsor this week is the uh, an Easter convention conference we don't know what Easter convention conference but it is the Easter Convention Conference. Easter Convention Conference. Are you tired of celebrating Easter from a COVID-placed home? Are you sick and tired of seeing your friends and family and want an option and want an easy opt-out of such gatherings? Would you like to gather with 10 people or less in a big convention hall due to COVID restrictions? Do you want to hear about Easter and not just think about it? Do you love Jesus? Do you want to be shamed for eating Easter eggs? Come to the Easter convention. We don't know which one, but one of the Easter conventions. But we all know which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, as far as our ads go, yes. out of the three we've done so far, that's probably the weakest, but that's okay. No, yes. Yes, no. We should think about these ads, yeah. No, this, in reckon, the moment. In there's the moment. material there to be had, I reckon, about that. That's right. Um, but let's play... Guess who? Oh, please. Let's do it. All right. You have someone for me? I have some. I've thought of someone. Okay. Now, you might ask me questions that I don't know the answer. That's my one fear. So, I think of a character, and then you ask me questions that I don't know. So, um, if I don't, I might reserve the right to Google it. Uh, <laughs> sure. But I hopefully won't need to. All right. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. It's a question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 20. We'll stick with 20, <laughs> even though none of us have... Failed to get it within 10. That's right. But we'll stick with 20 for right, now. We might it. shorten it in future weeks. Alright, is this person in the New Testament? As in, appears in the New Testament? No. Okay. Was this person around in the time of Abraham? No. Was this person around in the time of Moses? No. Was this person around in the time of the kings? No. Is this person one of the prophets? No. Is this person around in the t time of Noah or before Noah? Like, yes. Okay. Whew, narrowed it down. How many questions? Six. You used up six. Alright, okay. Um, was this person male? Yes. Okay, cool. Narrows it down slightly. Was this person... One of the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty good. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Um, do we get a record of this person's death? Yes. Oh, is this person... Um, does this person show up in the fourth chapter of Genesis? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Is this person killed by his brother? 
Yes. It's April. Yes, well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Twelve questions. Twelve questions. Oh, wonderful. That, you narrowed it down well. Thank you. That was good. Oh, that was good. That was fun. Yeah. You know, not like a super. It wasn't like Adam. No. It was like a little bit. I was yes. thinking maybe Cain. Yes. But then I went for Abel. So when I said, "Does the person show up in the New Testament?" What were you thinking? Like, were you thinking if they were mentioned? Yeah, because I mean, the blood of Abel oh. is mentioned in Hebrews. Yes. Yes. Oh, good point. So, oh, very good. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, I have a ministry. Uh, ah, yes. Lesson to yes. share. So one of the things that Pip and I have done is we've um, uh, undertaken ministry apprenticeships and we've learned a number of things. And so each week we want to share one thing that um, we learnt over our time in the apprenticeship. And uh, one of the things that I want to share is about joking. Actually. Joking. Yes. Okay. So one of the things <laughs> I learnt. I'm in nervous ministry, where this is going. Yeah. Okay. Don't try. Don't try to be too funny in a sermon, which I. <laughs> Have done in the past. And listeners, we will be pleased to know that in the congregation that I oversee, um, they're not very good at laughing. Right? We don't laugh a huge amount, but the loudest laugh we ever got was during a Pip with a Ridge guest sermon. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what the joke was. It was the were. second one from Hebrews 12, and yes. he made a joke about running. Oh, yes. My personal best for the 5K is 4K. <laughs> <laughs> and people that, ask me what my PB is. Yeah. I think I thought that was like a superfood, like peanut butter and jelly. He's <laughs> got the loudest laughs we've ever gotten it after in church. Was that the jokes? Were you thinking that? Uh, that was the one I was thinking about. Yeah, there. Okay. but that's not the lesson that I wanted to share. Oh, okay. The lesson I wanted to share is that um, when you are in a particular position of authority, wherever it may be, and this is not just to do with ministry, um, the way you relate um, comes across differently. So, for example, if you're with a peer, you know, like a, a brother or sister, like a friend, um, and you're like, oh, you know, yeah, um, like maybe they're late because they took a wrong turn or something. But, oh, that was a bit silly, wasn't it? Oh, so, oh you know, made a bit of a stupid turn there. Mm. If you're the minister and you say to someone, oh, that was a bit of a stupid thing, it totally comes across differently. Yeah, like, okay. You know what I mean? Yes. So, what I, one of the things that I think was really helpful to learn is that the ways of relating that are um, acceptable when you're on a different sort of um, authority or power difference with people is different when you are clearly someone who is in authority mm. over another group of people. So what may be funny and acceptable between, for example, us, mm. uh, it'd be different if we said that to someone else. Yeah. Anyway, so, and that's, that's actually just something I think that was really helpful to learn and because now I'm actually hyper aware of it. Mm. So you see particular people... Uh, male or female, people in ministry, maybe youth leaders, maybe um, children's leaders, maybe growth group leaders who have a way of relating with people. Yeah, yeah. But when they say certain things to their members, the ones who they're leading, yeah. it totally comes across differently. Now, I'm tempted to ask, yeah. is this from lived experience? And... Hey, Listeners, we have a special guest, Phil Gunning. It's Phil Gunning! It's Phil Gunning! Hey. Come into frame. Operations manager at St. Paul's. Let's go. Hey. <laughs> Phil's an OG Bible boy. Yeah, one of the originals. Right. One of the original Bible boys. Sorry, do you need to use this room right now? No, no, I was just making sure the fan and everything was off. Because cool. It was drying out the car. Awesome. Oh, no worries. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, we're gonna keep it. Yeah, we'll leave it in. You keep it. So you're asking if um it came from experience? Yes. And you don't have to share because like if you said to someone. You, you snoozed, you lose. <laughs> They'll probably know. 
I, I think that um, uh, it, it came from two things. One was something I did, and another one came from something someone said to me. Okay. So I, I'll share the one that I did yeah. instead of what someone shared, uh, did to me. Sure. So the one I did was we were sort of in a group setting. Mm. Um, and uh, normally when we're sort of in a group setting, I'd be very happy to say to someone, oh, you know, like so-and-so's giving me the eye right now. Um, you know, like uh, what you think you're funny or something. Yeah. Right? Right. But I did that from up front once. Right. I did it from up front. I'm like, oh, like, and this is in front of like, you know, 80, 90 people. Yeah, it's like, okay. oh, so-and-so is giving me the eye right now. What, you think you're funny right now? And that totally came across differently. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. so different. Yeah. When you're there, you're on a Sunday service, you're sort of up front. You say yeah, that. true, true. And I, like, sort of reflecting on it, I went, oh, wow. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, he knows, and hopefully he knows. Yes. And, like, we, we know each other. But from a perspective of other people, it could come across as being mean. Yeah. For example. Yeah. Anyway, but I think so. What's I guess a, the the broader principle is what is loving in a particular context may not be loving in another context. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, sort of that's super. Like yeah, yeah. No. Nah. Do you have any it's, stories it's, on that? Like oh, it's sorry, it's, it's hard to because you want you don't want a super cold service. You want a bit of like a bit yeah. of banter, a bit of laughter. It's good, but there is that's a right. line. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, here's the don't. Right. Mm-hmm. Some people like to have a can of drink. Yes. In church. Sure. You know? Yes. Whatever. Whatever floats a boat. Um, you know, if you're up the front and you see it happening, you don't look at them and say, all right, champ. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't call anyone champ. No. If, no. You're... <laughs> if you're preaching a sermon and someone's yawning up the back, yeah. they might just be tired. There's no need to say, what, am I boring now? Yeah. Oh, you don't, man, totally. You don't need to do that. Yes. Right? Yes. If someone comes in late and you're giving a sermon. Yes. There's no precedent and no call yes. to get them up the front <laughs> and to say, let's give this person a round of applause. They've made it. Yeah. Oh, right? Man, that's, yes. You don't need to do that. No. Now. <laughs> it can very easily become a way of shaming people. Yes. Which yes. is not nice. That's right. Anyway. That's right. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I don't think I have any, uh, stories on that necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) Just some don'ts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Nice. Hey, uh, I want to hear about your week. You have been in a Greek intensive this week. Yes. Theological student, Pip with a Ridge. Yeah, so it started at, um, Moore College this week. Yes. Um, with Surf and Wife, and we've been, it's been a lot of memorization Mm -hmm. of... A few things. People's names. Yes. Coming up with mnemonic devices for people's oh, names. Oh, right. You know? Okay. Um, and so, yeah, just meet, meeting a bunch of people, playing some cricket Ooh. on the... They've got a, like a little cricket kind yes. of pathway. Mm-hmm. So, being playing cricket at lunch has been fantastic. Um, table tennis? I haven't played table tennis yet. Okay. I've been mainly playing cricket and soccer. Okay. Which are, you know, my sports. I'm loving it. Yeah. But we have been doing um, uh, Greek intensive. Mm-hmm. So, starting to learn Greek. What's what's been re- particularly helpful is uh, I mean it's all been helpful. What I found really helpful is the way they framed it in mm. terms of why why is it important for people who are going into vocational ministry to study the biblical languages mm-hmm. and just talking about um, you know the the kind of need for for ministers themselves to be sharp when it comes to the text. Mm-hmm. 
um, to not be overly dependent on other people, mm-hmm. but to be able to kind of teach the people of God right. from the from the Word um, themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, yeah, as well as like the fact that God has revealed Himself to us through language, mm. particular languages. Mm. Um, and while translation is important, um, yeah, if you can read the original text, mm-hmm. if you can understand the original text, if you're t- particularly if you're a teacher of God's Word. Mm. That is so good, and we live in we live in a great time in, in a great country where mm-hmm. those that kind of t- um, education is, uh, you know, available to a lot of people, mm. and so I'm just feeling extremely blessed to be a part of that this week and starting to learn some nouns and starting to learn the the, the articles. Yes, right. Are. The um, and yes. So it's been it's been very good. Um, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, so um, people say that um, learning languages is easier if you're uh, naturally um, mathematically minded. Yes. I was not mathematically minded right. in high school. Uh, and how are you going right now? Um, I think, look, I'm doing okay because when I was sitting in maths in high school, not only was I not very mathematically minded, but I couldn't see the purpose behind the maths right and is that what you need to be able to remember something you sort of need to know why well that's what i kind of what i need to try really hard at something sure and so i'm definitely sold on the importance of learning greek Mm -hmm. for myself Mm -hmm. and so i am working like i need to work hard at it to remember stuff Mm -hmm. um but i definitely have the motivation there to do it and so it's it is easier yeah motivation there yeah. Nice. Um, speaking of maths, I just want to raise this. One of the conversations I've had at college this week. Oh, yes. There's a guy who's come from a rural area. Uh-huh. And he said that in his previous occupation, he was providing consultation for farmers. Right. And I said, oh, do you do a lot of traveling. You have to drive down some pretty big driveways to kind of, you know, so a lot of your days driving probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, yeah, some of these places, some of these farms are really massive. Right. And he said, um, you know, there was a farm that was made up of five paddocks. Mm-hmm. And I said, how big is a paddock? And he said, a paddock is um, 250 hectares. Right, yes. And I said, um, how big is a hectare? Yeah. And he said, uh, 1,000 meters squared, is that right? I think it's 10,000 meters squared. 10,000 meters squared. And and then I said to him, how long would it take to, and there was, and was sitting next to me was an actu- a former actuary. Sure. So I looked at the actuary and said, all right, let's do this. Let's do some maths. Yeah, right. Just and a I, casual maths chat at Moore College. Oh, lunchtime. this is a lunchtime maths yeah. combo. And he was loving it. Because yeah. I said, um, take all that, let's calculate the, area, the combined area. Sure. Let's imagine it like a square. Mm-hmm. And now tell me how long it would take to walk the perimeter fence yes. at five kilometers an hour, like a, a, yeah, an yeah, yeah. stroll. Yes. It took us a long time to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, sure. But here's, okay, this is something I learned. Um, uh, this is one of those moments where, where it was shown to me or, you know, said to me, man, you, you, need, you should know that. There was this mathematical thing that I didn't know. Yeah, I go. So, okay, you've got the area of a square. Yeah. How do you find the length of one side? How do you find the length of one side? Yeah. Well, it, a square is like all four sides are the same. So you do the square root of the area. Yeah. yeah. So, so a hectare is 100 by 100. Yeah. So listeners, I don't know if you resonate with this. Maybe there's a couple of you that will resonate with this. 
I didn't know that that's what a square root was. Like, I knew that the square root of 9 is 3. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know that the square root of 25 is yeah, 5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know the reason it's called a square root ah. is because it's, like, the one <laughs> side of a square. I did not know that. <laughs> I know that you can... T- ten, 10 times 10 is 100 and, a, and the square root of 100 is 10. I knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know that's why it was called a square yeah, root. I just kind of... I was like, just taught that this is a square root. I was like, I didn't think twice about it. Why is it called a square root? There you go. It's interesting. I must say, I don't know if it is why it's called that. Like, I don't know for sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it might not be. <laughs> yeah, it might not be. Because, like, a cube root. Like, if you've got a cube root of 27 yes. is 3. Yeah. Is that because it's a cube? Like, I'm not, now I'm wondering. Because then you've got cortic roots, which is like... Right. Yeah. You know, cor- but if, if you follow... Uh, if you have a line... Yes. And, it, and it's... And it's um, like 3D, yeah. you times that by... But then, like, if you've got a cortic root, like, you know, 4. Right. Like, cortic root of 16 is 2. Is that because there's a shape called the cortic? Yeah. Or... Maybe yeah, there yeah. is. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. I'm just showing the lack of my own If you have a cube yeah. that has a 2, yes. like, 2 centimeter yeah, length. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2, 2, 2. But it exists in the fourth dimension. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> then the go. space it occupies is 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the fourth dimension... No one knows what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time. There you go. It's time. Yes. Can I... Alright. Oh, do we want to do maths on air? Let me do a quick... <laughs> let me do a quick maths thing with you. Another thing that I said the yeah, other day... Go, go, go. I was with my family and, I, and we're talking about this and I, and I said, here's a fun... Like, you know, Stephen Hawking. Yes. Um, you know, and then I said, creator of the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> not true. No, not true. No. He helped with it. Yeah. He helped, you know, get the black, like, talk about it in yes, terms of the black right. hole thing. That's right. But um, I wasn't paying too much attention during that movie. That's the, right. <laughs> the one with Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, yeah. That's anyway, right. that's some mathematics rambling. That's it. I was thinking, oh, man, I missed the days when I could, like, chuck some physics questions around on the pod. Yeah, no, you can do that again. I know. You can totally do that again. Well, hopefully my maths uh, ramblings haven't um, put anyone to sleep. Nah, that's but, right. But um, what's this about? You got this on the screen. Well, we got emailed this week. Because somebody, one of our loyal listeners, thought mm. it'd be a smart idea to sign us up for Ultimate Cat Secrets. Yes. And so we got this email this week, and it says, Enjoy a deeper relationship with your cat than you ever dreamed possible. Yes. And um, you, t- you probably didn't even realize you could train your cat. Well, rest assured, it's easy when you know how. Ultimate Cat Secrets. Enjoy a perfectly well-behaved, healthy, happy cat that makes you the envy of your friends. UltimateCatSecrets.com So... One of our loyal listeners has heard that I like... Was it me or was it you as well? It's you. I'm allergic to cats. Oh, okay. I, you know, cats are my favourite animal. And they've, what they've got... They've signed us up for a cat service. And yeah, that's right. So, one, thank you. <laughs> and two, uh, a bit strange. <laughs> not going to lie. A little bit strange. Um, but you know what? Uh, we'll take it. That's it. Now, I have actually tried to train my cat once. Yeah, you have a cat? So, uh, um, it's since oh, passed on. Oh, that's sad. The cat did Self get to meet this cat? She did, yeah. What was the cat's yeah. name? Tiger. Tiger? Yeah. I think you've told me this before, actually. But continue, um, yeah. I bought a leash for my cat. Yeah, right. Because I wanted to walk it around the block, just like uh, Kramer with his chicken. Yeah, that doesn't work, but continue. Yeah. So, I put the leash on the cat. And um, it, it didn't like it. It started walking backwards. Aww. And it was okay. scared. So yes. uh, don't try to train your cat. Yes. Is the moral of that story. Yeah. It can't be trained. 
<laughs> they do what they want to do. They do what they want. So, That's right. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, one thing I wanted to run by you this week, uh, Viv and I were chatting about how you shorten names. Yes. And I want to I run some names by you. And I want you to tell me, Pip, how yeah. would you shorten these names? Okay, hit me. Okay. Melchizedek. Someone's name Melchizedek. What's the Aussie, you know? Mellow. Mellow? <laughs> not, not Zeddy. <laughs> Zed. Kizza. Uh, Kizza. Kizza. Yeah. Kizza. Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Kizza. Kizzo. Yeah. What about Mario? Let's say you got someone named Mario. Yeah. What are you gonna call it? Maz? Big M. Big. <laughs> Big M. I'm assuming this person's, you know, a bit portly. <laughs> what if they're not, what if they're like me? What if they're so skinny? I'd still big M, like big M. ironically. Ironically. Yeah. Oh, okay. Alright, cool. Here, here's another one. Yeah. Um uh Amelia. How do you like I've heard Mealsy? Yeah. I've heard Amy. Yeah. How would you shorten Amelia? Amelia. Um uh, MC Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> MC Hammer. <laughs> Run me through. Actually, no, don't worry. Let's give me some more. I'm not going to give me a couple more. You want, you want some more? Just a couple more. Come on. Um, uh, Ethan. Vitamin E. <laughs> <laughs> great skin. Is that vitamin E? I think it's great skin. Ethos. Ethos? <laughs> yeah. Alright, uh, last one. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Viv, um, when she went to, to China, yeah. um, they went on this, like, uh, like a church-based mission trip. And they went to this village. Yeah. And um, all the kids wanted an English name. Right. And so, they each gave the kids these Chinese kids, yeah. English names. Anyway, so this boy came up to Viv and the first name she thought of was Bob. Yeah. Okay. Now I want you to tell me, how can you make it more Aussie? Let's say Bob comes to Australia, we want to introduce him. Bob's pretty Aussie as it is, but... Um, Just Bob. Bobo, Bobo Rooney. <laughs> uh, Bebop. <laughs> Bop it. Bob it. Bob it. What's up, Bob it? Boink. <laughs> Oh man, there is a kid right there, right now in China somewhere named Bob. Bob. <laughs> Should laugh at really. But Gary, how do you how do you shorten Gary? Um, G Star. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, okay. Gaz. I think we'll stop there yeah. now. <laughs> Anyone whose name starts with like Catherine, special K. Special K. I like that. Special K. Do you actually know someone named Catherine? Well, my sister's Catherine. Oh. Katie. There you go. Special K. That's right. Um, yes. Yes. Anyone with any, a lot of letters line up with vitamin. What's up, vitamin A? What's up, you know? <laughs> my friend Chris. Yes. Or, you know. Vitamin, vitamin C. C. Vitamin C. Sea Patrol. Sea Patrol. Sea Snail. Seahorse. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. 
Seahorse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris. We should get Chris on the podcast. Yeah, I'm not sure if he'd be willing. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't listen as it is. No, as it... no, 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 no. That's no. right. Maybe we should tell him he's playing COD. Yeah. And then he'll just Hey, talk. I met someone at college who listens to Bubble Boys. Oh, really? His name's Tony. He's oh, like... yeah. Yeah. Do you know Tony? Shout out to Tony. Yes, Tony. Tony. There yes. you go. Oh, excellent. Yes. yes. Well, we probably need to get some more college people to listen. That's and it. they can tell... You, all the things you're saying wrong because you see them at college. Yeah. Whereas me, I've got some cover. Like, I'm not a theological student. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next, listeners. Yeah, next no, year. Yes? Next year. Next year, that's right. Is that the plan? Yeah, God willing. Yeah, nice. God willing. That's right. Listeners, thanks so much for joining us for another week of The Bible Boys. Lots of Bible content. Lots of fun when it comes to us. Serious about the things of God. Thanks, everyone. This has been James signing out. And Pip, see you next week. Bye-bye.